Some prominent conservatives say Congressman Duncan Hunter is the best presidential candidate. Duncan Hunter joins us on the program today. And what's behind the recent volatility of the stock market? Should we be concerned? We'll ask an expert from the Heritage Foundation. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. Let me just say, uh, uh, this would take a one-minute conversation with the Secretary of Defense. Who is that man? That's Congressman Duncan Hunter in one of the Republican debates talking about what he would do to get critical information from a terrorist who might be planning another attack night like 9-11. We're going to talk to him in just a moment about how he would handle Iraq, how he would handle illegal immigration, how he would protect the unborn if he became president of the United States. That's the closing bell on Wall Street. Wall Street has taken investors on a pretty wild ride lately. If you've been listening to uh, to the news today, the stock market was way down, but then uh, a last-minute rebound. It was mostly folks looking for bargains. We're going to bring in an expert from the Heritage Foundation to help us understand the context and the significance of this. All right, in just a moment, we're talking to Congressman Duncan Hunter, who's running for President of the United States. And to set that up, I want to remind you that the terrorism issue is front and center. A federal jury in Miami has convicted Jose Padilla on all charges of supporting violent Islamic extremist groups overseas, including al-Qaeda. Here's a report from Tony Winton. After only a day and a half of deliberations in a complex case, the jury returned guilty verdicts on all counts against all defendants, including Jose Padilla, the one-time accused radioactive dirty bomber who is in this indictment accused of supporting terrorism. He faces life in prison. Sentencing before Judge Marcia Cook will take place at a later time. Tony Winton, U.S. District Court, Miami. All right, folks, the terror threat is still alive and well. I don't know a better man to talk to about this threat than Congressman Duncan Hunter. He served in Congress since 1980. He is a former U.S. Army Ranger. He has served as the chairman of the U.S. House Armed Services Committee. He is now the ranking member of that committee in Republican leadership. Welcome to the program, Congressman Hunter. Jerry, great to be with you. Thanks for having me here. All right, Congressman Hunter, you're running for President of the United States, and the signature issue seems to be for you 
the military. And I want to know uh, what you would do in Iraq right now. Jerry, the, the, the key to making a successful transition of the security apparatus from the United States to the Iraqi forces is this. You've got 129 battalions in the Iraqi army that we've now trained and equipped. And what we have to do, and what I've recommended to the president and to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and to General Petraeus is this. We need to make sure that all 129 battalions in the Iraqi army are rotated into a combat situation where they get battlefield experience of at least three to four months. That they all get that combat experience where they're able to, to work out their logistical problems, their ability to move move people, to, uh, to feed their troops, to supply ammunition, their chain of command, all the things that it takes to make a military effective. And just as it takes football games to build up a football team, the way you build up an army is by sending them into combat and military operations. So my recommendation is to get all of them into the battle, every single one of the 129 battalions over the next five or six months, get them all into the battle. At that point, when they're battle-hardened, they can start rotating into the battlefield, displacing America's heavy forces, that's in the Marines and the Army, and those American forces can either come home or they can go to their places in Central Command where we need them. Congressman Hunter, you know, Teddy Roosevelt said the presidency uh, amounts to a bully pulpit. I want to play a couple of sound bites from one of your colleagues in the U.S. Senate, actually. And I want to ask you to react to these two sound bites. Here's Harry Reid. This war is lost. All right, that's Harry Reid saying the war is lost. Here he is again on September. We're told good progress is being made. Wait till September. Good progress is being made. How many times over the last four and a half years have we heard this? Too many to number. All right, it seems like Senator Reid is saying the war is already lost, and no matter what happens, he wants to uh, pull out in September. What's wrong with this? Well, and you know, incidentally, when Harry Reid issued that statement saying that that the war was lost, I believe I was the only member of Congress who called for Harry's resignation <laughs> as the majority leader in the U.S. Senate because that you. statement deserved everybody wearing the uniform in Iraq, in Afghanistan, and around the world. And you know what I saw at the same time I saw that statement by Harry Reid come across the desk? I saw the statement, the email from one of our senior Marine commanders in Anbar province, that tough area where Fallujah and Ramadi have been the sites of some of the fiercest fighting. And the U.S. Marine commander's statement was this, we are crushing al-Qaeda in the Anbar province. Here you've got the American senior leadership saying we're taking the fight to them and we're winning, and you got the leader of the United States Senate saying we're losing. And you know something? The attacks on American forces in Anbar province have fallen off the cliff. They've gone way down. The sites of that massive fighting in Fallujah and Ramadi, and my son, incidentally, uh, who deployed twice to Iraq, fought in the first battle of Fallujah. Uh, that was a, 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 a site of tremendous fighting. In Ramadi, every single Marine of the 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines, including the cooks and the guys in the motor pool, were firing their M-16s or their wow. M-4 carbines. And, and the last trip that congressional delegations took to Ramadi, the, the congressmen walked down the streets. Let me, let me tell you, Jerry, when congressmen walk, walk down the streets, the streets are safer, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so the idea that you've got, you've got the Democrats who can't wait to declare defeat 
uh, I think is one of the greatest disservices we've ever had from public officials. And I don't know if you saw this last statement, but uh, but Mr. Clyburn, who is a Democrat whip, said that if we get good news from the battlefield in September, that will be bad news for the Democrat Party. Wow. That's, That's an sad. astonishing statement. That means if if, uh, if fewer Americans are getting hurt on the battlefield, if we're being more successful, that'll be bad politically. I, I think to some degree that shows how the how the Democrat Party, unfortunately, and the liberal elements in that party, there's lots of wonderful Democrats in this country, but the liberal elements view everything through a political prism. And they're going to have to start viewing things through an American prism. And I like this statement by, by uh, Scoop Jackson, who was a great Democrat senator, who said in the old days, he said, when American foreign policy leaves the shores, it with one force. And that should be the voice of the press. Representative Hunter, this is Penn and Dexter. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, a few weeks ago, the American people really kind of surprisingly to some folks in the administration sent a message that uh, we don't want amnesty and that your bill back uh, last year about strengthening the border was actually a good idea. Now we're hearing rumblings that some kind of an immigration bill might be coming back. What about that? Well, I think it's true that the forces for amnesty are not going to stop. They're going to try to figure out how they can repackage this thing and get it back. But let me tell you, the American people spoke loudly, I think, through lots and lots of voices and and uh, and uh, lots of voices like yours, which literally beat down those double doors in the U.S. Senate. And after they'd gotten about a million messages saying no amnesty, I think you found lots of senators that found technical problems with the bill. That's called, I just got a million uh, a million emails in, and I, <laughs> and I don't want to be on the wrong side of this one. Uh, and so... so the most important thing we could do right now is is to follow the law, and that means the law that I that I wrote last year in October. I wrote the bill that mandated 854 miles of border fence, like the fence I built in San Diego, California, that reduced smuggling of people and narcotics by 90 percent. That we extend that border bill or that border fence 854 miles across Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. The president signed that bill October 26th. The Senate voted for it. Incidentally, voted overwhelmingly. I think it was 80 to 19 in their vote. The House voted for it overwhelmingly. It's now the law, and all we have to do is carry out the law. And to date, the Department of Homeland Security has only done 13.4 miles of that 854-mile fence. So they've got a case of the slows. We've got to make this administration build that border fence. When we build the border fence across Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas, and incidentally, as president, I will complete that fence in six months. That's my commitment. Building fences is not that difficult. And incidentally, when Mr. Chertoff said it's very complex, I thought to myself, boy, I'm sure glad he's not head of the space program if he thinks the fence is complex. (laughs) But I will build that fence in six months. We can get it done, and we need the American people to turn from the, uh, now that they've won the amnesty uh, battle in this last bill in the U.S. Senate, help us get that fence built. We need to be flooding letters into the administration saying, build the fence, it's the law. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Duncan Hunter. He's been in Congress since 1980. He's running for president of the United States. Congressman Hunter, it seems like religion is emerging as a theme, a subplot in this primary process. We've got Mitt Romney, who's a Mormon. We've got Hillary, who's talking about her faith and how important it is. Uh, James Dobson has said he doesn't know if um, Fred Thompson is a Christian. Mike Huckabee, former pastor, here's my question for you. What do you want the American people to know about your faith? 
Well, I'm I'm a strong Christian. Uh, I'm I'm a uh, I'm a Baptist from uh, Southern California. In fact, my my uh, neighbor uh, Bob Winterton is my preacher, and we get about sixty five people on our best day at at our little church and uh, at uh, Trinity Baptist Church in El Cajon. Wonderful. And uh, and I believe uh, I'm I'm a I'm a strong believer in uh, in Christ, and I'm also a strong believer in in the proposition that God loves this country. I, I think one of the, the finest prayers ever written was the prayer that, uh, that George Washington penned for the United States of America, in which he prayed in Jesus' name. Mm. And I, I don't believe it's any accident that when George Washington was in that first uh, battle of Monongahela, that he was shot four times through the coat and, and a bullet never touched him. That was amazing. Uh, we, we've been able to survive uh, massive wars, massive problems, and that this country's remained free. I think that's happened because God has had his hand on this country. And uh, and I believe that that's the centerpiece of this country and it's also the centerpiece of our of our laws and of our of our independence because remember we pulled ourselves away from Great Britain with the proposition that all men are created equal that we have inalienable rights that don't come from a king, they don't come from a congressman or a president, they come from God. And it was that belief, that faith, that strong Christian faith that allowed us to have enough strength to pull ourselves away from a monarchy. And it's only with that strength that we're going to be able to maintain this great country. Congressman Duncan Hunter, running for President of the United States, thank you so much for being with us. We hope to have you back again. Hey, love to do it, and uh, many thanks for putting me on here. And thank you for your military service to our country as well. Well, listen, I, I've got I got a great young man, uh, Duncan D. Hunter, who joined after 9-11, and he's, uh, he's in Afghanistan right now, but he's going to be running for Congress in California, and, uh, and he'll be back in, uh, in November. So I hope you have him on at some point. Well, you know, we, we, pray, we pray on this station for military members on the air, and we'll pray for him just now that God will protect him. Thank you so much. Many thanks, Jerry. Adios. Father, in Jesus' name, we do pray for Duncan D. Hunter. We pray that you'll protect him, give him wisdom, give him courage. And we ask this for all of our soldiers on the battlefield. In Jesus' name, amen. When we come back, the number is 800-881-9270. Do you think this is the man to be President of the United States? Duncan Hunter, do you support him? Do you support his ideas? The number is 800-881-9270. If not him... Who do you support? Is it Hillary, Obama? Is it Romney? Call us, 800-881-9270. Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Criswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. The Word and Worldview focus of Chriswell gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See chriswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Chriswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes 
point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Who is Duncan Hunter? Do you support this man for president? We've just heard Congressman Duncan Hunter on the air right here live on KCBI talk about the military in Iraq, talk about illegal immigration, talk about his own faith. He is a Christian. He's a member of a small Baptist church in California. Penna, I don't know if we've heard this anywhere in the national media about Duncan Hunter, his Christianity, his faith, his pastor, his church. I had never heard it. As a matter of fact, before the show, we were talking about it. Neither of us really knew. So I'm glad you asked the question. And I think it's kind of interesting and refreshing that he hasn't, quote unquote, used his faith uh, as to advance himself in these uh, elections as certain other candidates have done. And, you know, in a sense, uh, is their faith even real? But they're certainly talking about it. All right, folks, we've got uh, the phones are already lighting up and we've got people waiting on the line. But we'll take your calls. The number is 800 800- 881-9270. Is this the kind of man who ought to be president of the United States? Do you support him? Do you support someone like him or someone completely different? Who are you backing? Hillary, Obama, uh, Romney, Giuliani, 800-881-9270. Here's Rose on the line from Richardson. Rose, thank you for calling. What did you think of Duncan Hunter? I think he sounded pretty solidified and committed. I think the fact that he mentioned that the Lord is above it all and we as a nation are... Uh, under the Lord's hand and command and control, that is very significant to me as a Christian, as a believer. I, too, belong to a small church, but most, more importantly, I have a son that's going to Iraq in about a few days. He's been there 13 months before as a driver, and he's a six-year veteran from the U.S. Army, served under uh, in the Southern Command in Central America. But he wants to go out there to perform a service on service that the servicemen that and women that serve us need and so he wants to fill that gap wonderful it, well of, of commitment to to even though he's making money with it his priority is to be of service well it's a great cause and uh, we thank you and we thank him for his service to the country both times and uh, thank you for calling in rose let's move on to keith who's on the line from grand prairie Keith, what do you think of Duncan Hunter? Is he the best candidate? Is he your candidate? Do you have another one? Well, sir, I'll say this much. He is my candidate. I've been impressed with him and what I've seen and read on him. Also, I'll have to say this. I will never vote for Giuliani or McCain or Romney. Why not? I have no Christian values displayed by any of those individuals. And Christian values are the most important thing to me. Without God, there will be no America. And I hope other Americans will look at this and realize this. Mm. Ronald Reagan said, if we ever forget we're a nation under God, we will be a nation gone under. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Keith, for that comment. And, uh, folks, we want your calls. The number is 800-881-9270. Do you support Duncan Hunter? Now, I want you to hear Duncan Hunter again. Here he is. Ask about illegal immigration. And a lot of times we're told, you know, well, uh, look, if we take the illegal aliens and send them back, they're not here to do these cheap labor jobs. Um, Who will fill the jobs? The economy will go in the tank. Here's Duncan Hunter, who lives on the border 
with Mexico talking about it. When they made the sweep on the SWIFT plants, those were the meat packaging plants in Iowa, took out some 850 people who were, who were working there illegally uh, several months ago. There were American citizens lined up the next day to get their jobs back at 18 bucks an hour. Now, and let me tell you, this is a disastrous bill. And if John McCain is right in saying that this is a national security issue, and it is, border enforcement, then the Hunter bill, which was signed by the president on the 26th of October, mandating 854 miles of double fence, not that scraggly little fence you show on CNN all the time, Wolf, that, that people get across so easily. If they get across my fence, we sign them up for the Olympics immediately. <laughs> We've got a big fence. But 854 miles of double border fence was mandated to be constructed. Homeland Security has a billion bucks cash on hand. It's been six months and they've done 11 miles. So this administration has a case of the slows, and I think they slowed the fence down so that they could come out with the amnesty at the same time, put the two together, and the Bush-McCain-Kennedy bill would then be accepted by conservatives and liberals alike. Thank it's you, a bad bill. That's Congressman Duncan Hunter. He's running for President of the United States, and uh, he may not be as telegenic as Mitt Romney, maybe not as well-known as Giuliani, but he has some very interesting ideas, and some of these ideas, Penna, resonate with Christians. And we want to know your thoughts. The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. Do you think this man has a chance? Should he have a chance? And if not him, who are you supporting and why? We want to hear what you have to say. Penn, I thought it was very interesting. You know, he talked about his little church of 65 people and that he was a Christian. But then he went on to talk about um, God and government. And it was, I think, fascinating. He brought up Thomas Jefferson. Usually Jefferson is cited for the wall of separation line. And people say, well, Jefferson was not a Christian. He was a deist. Mm -hmm. And this is the secular America vision. But Hunter, I think, said, look, Jefferson wrote the declaration. Jefferson wrote the phrase that um, this is a self-evident truth, that all men are created equal, and we are endowed by that creator with certain inalienable rights. Those rights come from God. The state doesn't give us the right to life. The state doesn't give us the right to freedom and liberty. God gives us that right. That's, a, that's an argument from Jefferson that these rights we have in America are God-given. I think that's a very sophisticated argument. And uh, he is bringing the Christian worldview into his understanding of the freedoms we enjoy as Americans. And I thought that was refreshing. He takes that constitutional and Christian uh, worldview into his positions because we look through his positions on every issue, and we didn't get a chance to ask him about his position on, for instance, the sanctity of life. But he's That's, by the way, if you go to his website, protection. his website, which is gohunter08.com, gohunter.08.com, you're right, Penna. The Right to Life Amendment is the first item of his core principles. Mm -hmm. He is supporting an amendment to the U.S. Constitution, really giving everyone, uh, including the unborn, this right to life or recognizing it. Well, let's go to the callers. Kent on the line from Arlington. Kent, thank you for calling. What's your view, Kent? Well, I just thank you for bringing uh, this man up. I had no idea he was around, and uh, he sure sounds like he's uh, level-headed, um, he doesn't exaggerate uh, to make himself look good or his position, and I'm looking forward to finding out more about him. Well, thank you for calling. The, the website, again, is GoHunter08.com. 
or you could just Google Duncan Hunter, you'll probably find it. You know, this is our opportunity right now to have these discussions about these various candidates. A lot of people don't get involved until a couple of months before the general election, and it's way too late then. There's already a nominee in both parties. But now there are a lot of people putting themselves forward, like Duncan Hunter. They want to be president. They want us to consider them. And as citizens, it's a really good time for us to begin to understand their positions. You know, on this program, we've had Mitt Romney. Mm -hmm. We've had Mike Huckabee. We've had Newt Gingrich, who's a possible. We've had Tom Tancredo, who's a poss- who, who is running. We'll probably have Fred Thompson on. I uh, probably left out somebody already. But uh, we're trying to. We've had Sam Brown back on Ron a couple Paul. of times. Ron Paul. So we are trying to profile. We've asked all the Democrats that we can, and we're going to continue to ask them, all the Republicans to come on. Uh, we want you to have that kind of experience. We've got Kate on the line from Ennis. Kate, what do you think of Duncan Hunter? I have been praying that someone would step up that sounds like him, and I'm going to be watching him. I have been so scared because I would not vote for anybody that's already, you know, out there, Hillary and and the rest of them. I just would not do it, and I'm just so thankful that somebody that sounds like him, and like I said, I'll be watching and listening and learning about him. Uh, thank you, Kate, so much. Again, looking at his website and his core principles, abortion right to life, the first core principle. He's pro-life. The second one, he's against embryonic stem cell research that would destroy human embryos. He's for embryonic stem cell research that doesn't destroy the embryo, but a strong pro-life position there. Very strong on the First Amendment. He says he supports really the uh, the practice of putting up the Ten Commandments in schools or public buildings. We, government shouldn't be, uh, you know, intervening to uh, kick God out of the public square. Very strong on parental rights. Very strong uh, looking at these core principles on sexual orientation not being a protected class or a special class of citizens. So it wouldn't be for, like, hate crimes legislation. Well, or special rights for homosexuals mm-hmm. or anything like that. Duncan Hunter, what do you think about him? We've got Shannon on the line. Uh, Shannon, thank you for calling. What's your view? Shannon, are you there? Hello? Shannon, you're on the air. Hello? Shannon, you're on the air. Hello? Shannon, can you hear me? I don't think Shannon can hear us. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, Shannon. Uh, you know, looking here at Duncan Hunter, I want you to hear, um, again, what he said he would do if he heard a terrorist was about to attack 9-11 and he had a suspect in hand. Let me just say uh, uh, this would take a one-minute conversation with the Secretary of Defense. I would call him up or, or call him in. I would say to SecDef, uh, in terms of getting information that would save American lives, even if it involves uh, very high-pressure techniques, one sentence. Get the information. Have it back within an hour, and let's act on it. Let's execute with special operations or whoever else is necessary, and I will take full responsibility. Get the information. That's Duncan Hunter, congressman since 1980 from California. He's been chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. He's the ranking member of the committee now. He really knows defense. He knows national security. He's pro-life, pro-family, pro-strong borders. He's not in that top tier that you hear about all the time, but maybe he will surge up to the top. Many of you seem to like him. Well, what in the world is going on with the stock market? All over the map today, we'll talk to an expert coming up about your portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds.
Is it time to buy or to sell? And Hillary Clinton talking about the invisible people that President Bush does not see. What's going on? Who's invisible to Hillary Clinton? We'll talk about that later, too. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. It was another wild ride on Wall Street today as the Dow Industrial staged a dramatic rebound late in the session to finish down only 15 points. That's after being down more than 300 points earlier in the day. The S&P 500 managed to close up four and a half points. Market analyst Art Hogan says he thinks the selling is close to reaching what he calls a capitulation point. As we look at what's happening today, the indiscriminate across the board, regardless of industry, kind of selling that we're saying is very typical of that capitulation point where we just, you know, everyone throws in the towel and that's when they ring the bell at the bottom. So if it's not today, we're getting close to it. And I would say we're days away, not weeks away from a bottom here. Pinna, the bottom here. Is this the bottom? That's the big question. And that will determine if this is the time to buy or this is the time to sell. Everybody wants to know. I think a lot of people today thought it was time to buy at the very end, which brought the stock market back up. Uh, with us to discuss all of these things is the director of the Heritage Foundation's Center for Data Analysis. He is William Beach. He's been called the Heritage Foundation's chief number cruncher, and I think that's what we need today. Thank you so much for joining us, Bill. It's absolutely my pleasure. How are, how are you all, folks? We are doing great. We hope you're doing as well. Well, I'm a little bit pessimistic, but I guess that's a good time to talk about stock market. How's your stomach doing on this roller coaster ride? It's churning, uh, but uh, settled by the end of the day. I think it's, uh, it, it's interesting to watch the volatility of this market. That's one indication that we're seeing a, a, a major credit shakeout. Uh, long and coming, by the way, because we've expanded, the government of the United States as well as other governments around the world have expanded the supplies of money and credit ex- by exceptional amounts. And we've also been holding on to a lot of cash because of all of the purchases of imports that we've been making over the past many, many years. That money stays here, is invested here, and it has really supplied the the credit for this kind of massive buildup of very interesting loans and mortgages and credit instruments that uh, most of us have never even heard of, but until now, our stocks are selling at 30% lower. You know, we're taking an interest, I guess. You know, I would like to talk about that because uh, early in my uh, career, I guess, after college, I worked for a bank. I was a lending officer for eight years. Yes. And I remember us having very strict rules about real estate lending. And uh, we've looked over the past few years at these interesting instruments that you've talked about with the variable mortgage rates and things. And something else that I've been reading about lately called piggybacking, where you make a loan for a home and you also loan the family the money for the down payment for the home. And yes. you start to get in trouble. And big companies that making those loans start to get in trouble when real estate markets drop even slightly, don't they? They certainly do. When you're making loans to a business or to a family, and not expecting the business or the family to put something down, make you know, put something at risk like a down payment or uh, to collateral, as we used to call it, then you're going to be making loans to people who will walk away from those loans. Or worse, and this is the situation we're in, we're into right now, Penny, is they won't be able to uh, pay the increased interest if they have an adjustable rate, and so you 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 get all this cash flow problem from 
from the borrower standpoint. Well, now what we have is we have a cash flow problem from the lender standpoint. Major uh, groups, uh, businesses, and uh, banks that have been lending money to the American mortgage industry are looking at those loans and saying, you know, we've got to stop doing this because there isn't anything there. There's no real asset at risk. And uh, that's when the subprime market began to dry up, and that was about two and a half months ago, which started this little little uh, pebble a rolling downhill that now looks boulder size. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Bill Beach from the Heritage Foundation. Bill, let me ask you some practical questions. Yep. A lot of our listeners out there, they have IRAs, mutual funds, 401ks, stocks, right. and they want to know, is this the bottom? Is this uh, the top? Now, what's going on? Is this a time to take action, a time to buy, a time to sell, to, a time to shift uh, you know, the weight of their funds to a more conservative approach? What do you think? Well, uh, first off, we're in a correction, a market correction, and these things have happened from time to time, and they've been big. And you can remember just a few years ago when the Russian economy was in bad shape, there was a, one of these corrections. So the first thing is, if it's just a correction, sit it out. The market's going to come back. If you've made solid investments, stay with your strategy, especially if you're in mutual funds and you're, you're saving for your retirement, and you have a ways to go before that retirement. But here are some of the things I'm looking for signals that things are going to get worse. If we see the collapse of one of the big uh, private banking organizations, oh, say uh, Morgan Stanley, or we, we see more trouble at Bear Stearns in New York, or Goldman Sachs, for goodness sakes, which has a portfolio larger than the Federal Reserve System, begins to say, we've got some real trouble, then I would say to the small investor, begin, if you can, to move your money out of the speculative stock part, part of, your, of, of your portfolio and into bonds. Mm. I think those are signals that we need to, to, to attend to. And then, secondly, I think that this credit crunch could, in fact, endanger emerging economies and some of those less developed economies, like the Chinese economy. I'd watch the news and see whether I'm hearing any really kind of scary things coming out of Asia uh, about their banking system or China with, with the value of their currency. And in that case, then, I would take a a, a settled, non-panicked a, a approach to it and move some of my money out of stocks and into bonds because bonds or gold or gold stocks are places where people will take refuge when the stock markets are in turmoil. But at this point, I think we've just got a major correction, much needed for the reasons that Penn was talking about. You know, bad loans, got to right, get right. those out of the system. Well, let me ask you this, Bill, because uh, let's put this in perspective in terms of percentage, I can remember that big day in the '80s yes. when we had this huge drop, and you know, that's exactly right. And you know, we're talking about two and three and four hundred points, and people are used to hearing points and thinking that's huge. But the market now, uh, in terms of percentage, could you just put what's been happening in perspective? This isn't so right. huge when it comes to the percentage of drop. That's right. the The stock market collapsed in 1987 which was due to some major changes we'd made in the tax system and collapse of the savings and loan industry, was basically like wiping out a third to 40% of the total value of, yes. of the stock market. Uh, it also had to, it was connected to a major foreign problem. That's another one of my rules. Big changes occur when there's a policy mistake plus a major shock from outside the country. You've got to have both those things going. Well, what we're seeing now is in the in the area of corrections. That is three, single digits. Yes. Yeah, exactly. 
it's, it's sort of like this. If you have kids, kids get colds all the time. You've got to keep them at home for a while until, until they get well. You don't worry about it. But when the kid shows up at the bedroom door and they've got pink spots all over them, then you, you be, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big problem. Uh, it, we don't have that problem right now. We've got, we've got a cold in the market. I'm just concerned about the effects later on. Does this credit crunch, does this correction begin to continue to roll downhill, endanger the major, major banking houses, and then does the government of the United States make a policy mis- mistake by rushing in or, or not rushing in? <laughs> Those could be the, the two um, you know, um, various, various approaches. Right now, I would say we're correcting. We're not collapsing. Thank you, Bill. Bill Beach from the Heritage Foundation. We hope to have you back again. Hey, anytime. All right. Well, fascinating pennant, and uh, we're going to be watching these markets in the days ahead to see if they go up, to see if they go down. You know, it's something we do have to watch and for our own personal life and also to see what the government does. Because Bill mentioned at the end, what, you know, what does the government do? Does it bail out certain institutions? Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Lots of times there's a push, and I've even heard from certain uh, candidates on the stump, especially Democrats, wanting a lot of controls on these lending companies. Is that a good idea for government to come in and do that? And also, you know, wh- whether the Fed should or should not raise interest rates has an impact on this, of course. But it's very good to hear uh, sort of his tone of moderation, but also some of the things to watch for. All right. We talked to Duncan Hunter earlier. He's a congressman from California running for president of the United States. We want to know what you think about Congressman Hunter, but also Hillary Clinton, and she's certainly leading the pack among the Democrats. She comes out with a new ad about invisible people that President Bush just doesn't see certain kinds of Americans. Now, I want you to listen to this ad by Hillary Clinton, and then let's talk about it. Let's take your calls. You call us at 800-881-9270 as you listen to this ad. As I travel around America, I hear from so many people who feel like they're just invisible to their government. Hillary Clinton has spent her life standing up for people others don't see. You know, if you're a family that is struggling and you don't have health care, well, you are invisible to this president. If you're a single mom trying to find affordable child care so you can go to work, well, you're invisible too. And I never thought I would see that our soldiers who serve in Iraq and Afghanistan would be treated as though they were invisible as well. Americans from all walks of life across our country may be invisible to this president, but they're not invisible to me, and they won't be invisible to the next president of the United States. Will that be Hillary Clinton? Will she be the next president of the United States? We want your comment, 800-881-9270. What's so interesting about that, she says the military won't be invisible if she becomes president. I remember, in fact... Uh, the word was, when Bill and Hillary Clinton were in the White House, particularly Hillary, did not want to see men in uniform, did not want to see them around, the Marine guards at the helicopter at the door. They despised the uniform, and that was common knowledge. But who is invisible to Hillary Clinton? What about the unborn babies? What about the homemaker out there? Hillary mocked uh, the woman staying at home, making the cookies. Is she invisible to Hillary? Let's talk about it. 800-881-9270. Do you support Hillary? Do you want to defend her? We'll put you on. We'll put you at the front of the line. Or you support Duncan Hunter? 
Brownback, Romney, Gingrich, who is it? 800-881-9270. And we've got some word from someone who ought to know on why Hillary Clinton just can't win. Some polling data. We'll release that when we come back. Generations of ministry leaders have one common point, a ministry education from the Criswell College in Dallas. To date, ministry leaders from the Criswell College are in service all over the world. With the fall term just around the corner, your education can follow this same distinguished path. An education from Criswell is grounded on the Christian worldview, witness, and God's Word, the Bible. The Word and Worldview focus of Criswell gives you a more effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ and prepares you for kingdom service. The fall semester registration is August 15th, 16th, and 17th. Classes begin August 20th. See chriswell.edu for details on classes and the Master of Arts in Christian Leadership degree. Chriswell students are ready for the challenges of today's ministry environment. Classes in evangelism, missions, preaching, communications, all are fully accredited and small class sizes point the focus to your success. Find out more at 800-899-0012 and on the web at chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. I think she's likely to be the nominee, and I think she's fatally flawed. There is no front runner who has entered the, general, who's entered the primary season with negatives as high as she has in the history of modern polling. She's going into the general election with, depending on what poll you look at, in the high 40s on the negative side and just below that on the positive side. And there's nobody who's ever won the presidency who started out in that kind of position. All right, that's Carl Rove. Who's he talking about? Hillary Clinton. She's starting out with negatives in the 40s, sometimes up to the 50s, and we haven't even really got in to the campaign cycle. It's really hard to get over your negatives, especially in a campaign where you know there's going to be a lot of baggage from Hillary and Bill's time in the White House brought out about her. I, th- I, can, uh, I think he's making a very, very good point there. All right. Who do you support? We've heard Duncan Hunter earlier today. Do you support him? And uh, we've just heard a Hillary Clinton commercial in the last segment. And she was talking about people who are invisible. President Bush doesn't see certain kinds of people, they're invisible, and she even mentioned the military. Surprising that she would say that. Here's Donna from DeSoto. Donna, what do you think? I think um, I happen to be African-American, very conservative, and a U.S. veteran, and I think whoever becomes the president needs to support our troops while they're there and when we get and when we get back. Yes. The VA system is is very flawed. Yes. And it needs a lot of help, and our veterans are coming back. These are young kids. They're coming back with all kinds of problems, and the wait is months to get an appointment. Sometimes. Yes. And it's, it's, it's crazy, and I really don't, I'm, I don't even consider any other Democrats because I'm conservative, and I definitely don't believe that uh, Hillary Clinton would do this for us. I'm, I'm more inclined to vote for Duncan Hunter, seeing that he has family that's also veterans, mm. and they're going to come back and use the VA system. So I'm, I'm more inclined to support someone who's who's pretty much where I am. Well, thank you, Donna. I think that's an interesting call. You know, a lot of people um, are concerned that we're doing this war on the cheap, 
And, you know, we've heard people talk about war footing. We've talked about we've heard people talk about the phony war. And I think what they're referring to is the fact that the soldiers are sacrificing, their families are sacrificing, but the American people are not really sacrificing. We don't have the uh, rationing of sugar and gas and rubber and steel like you had in World War II. And so people just practically aren't thinking about, you know, sacrificing and and uh, we've not put the money into those um, government hospitals and uh, GI programs like we need to when these folks come back. And uh, I think there's a real problem with that. You know, I think it, different from Vietnam, people talk about having respect and love for our troops and gratitude for what they're doing. But we need to put our money where our mouth is when it comes to especially those who have been sacrificing and wounded in service to the country. All right. We've got Steve on the line from Rockwall. Steve, is it Duncan Hunter or Hillary? Or somebody else. Steve from Rockwall, you're on the air. Steve, let's move to Virginia. Sorry we missed you. Virginia from Carrollton. Virginia, do you want Hunter or Hillary? Uh, well, um, I'm commenting. I haven't heard the whole thing about Hunter. However, I'm commenting on her ad and also commenting on what Carl Rove had said. Um, I totally agree with uh, Carl Rove. She's building a, um, a hatred. Um, but, it, you know, it's kind of laughable. Her ad almost sounds like she's running against George W. Bush um, instead of another candidate. Um, you know, but it's, I guess the overall or the under the under uh, mining is is hatred for the whole party that any other candidate running is also going to treat everyone as being invisible, um, which is totally false. Um, she's if anything, the the one that sees people as being invisible. Thank you, Virginia. Do you think, Penna, this is, uh, you know, just rehashing the class warfare? And uh, really, Hillary's running in the primaries against President Bush. But when it comes to the general election, she's going to have to run against a real candidate that's running for president of the United States. Absolutely. Right now in the primaries, they have to run against President Bush because the far left of the Democrat Party hates George W. Bush. They hate the war in Iraq. Uh, they want some of these government programs like daycare that she mentioned. And so that's where she's got to run. Then she's going to have to move to the middle once she's nominated. You know, and again, when she runs this kind of a commercial uh, I think others should say, you know, who is invisible to Hillary Clinton? And uh, there is no place for the homemaker in her scheme of thought. There is no place for the unborn child in her scenario. Right. And I really don't think there's a place for the military. You look at Bill and Hillary Clinton. They despised the military. They gutted the military. And it was well known they did not respect the military nor the Secret Service when they were in the White House. And I have real problems with that. But let's go back to Duncan Hunter and some of the things he said, because we want to bring this all back to the Christian worldview. How should a person's Christian faith impact our country, politics, and the culture? And Duncan Hunter talked about uh, Thomas Jefferson. And we've had an emailer here who who is very clear to say that uh, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, maybe have been a Unitarian, maybe he was a, a deist, who knows? Uh, our emailer doesn't think he was really a deist. But Duncan Hunter is right to claim Jefferson's philosophy that it is foundational to what is now considered a conservative approach to government and culture. And that is Jefferson saying that our rights, the right to life and the right to to freedom and the pursuit of happiness, those things in the Declaration, do not come from government. 
They're not governments to give or to take. Those rights come from the Creator. Everyone is endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights, the right to life, the right to liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, probably meaning private property. And so these are rights that come from God. So our form of government presupposes the God of the Bible, the Judeo-Christian God, the one true and living God, the creator of heaven and earth. And I would say that matches what the Bible says. Psalm 33, 12 puts it this way, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. The Lord, the formal name for the God of the Old Testament, Jehovah or Yahweh. This is not Allah. This is not Molech. This is not um, some uh, pagan god in that time or in ours. Dagon or uh, Vishnu. This is the God of the Bible, of the Old Testament and of the New Testament. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And there's another verse in the book of Proverbs about just how we live and how we organize our culture. And it says this, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. You look at Duncan Hunter's website, it's very interesting. He thinks, hey, it's all right really for the Ten Commandments to be up in the classroom or in a courtroom. Uh, That is protected under the First Amendment. Well, we'll keep talking about Duncan Hunter, and we'll keep talking about God and government. Your vote belongs to God. It's not about economics. It's not about your family were Democrats or Republicans. What will honor God when the election cycle comes around? Pray about it. Think about it. Tune in to Jerry Johnson Live every day, 5 o'clock. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective. 